Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Uh, episode 223. Uh, we're going to go back into architecture tonight, talking about dwellings, um, getting away from bloom construction, timber frame construction, or even brick construction. Um, so we're going to talk about houses without frames. So this is quite the uncommon technique of plank construction. So most houses built of wood rely on a type of structural support, but not all homes. Beside widespread and well-documented systems, such as balloon frame, platform frame, um, there is one that's quite far less familiar in, in the family of building techniques that uses no true frame of plank construction. So fueled by the last century's demand for quick inexpensive housing. Plank houses appeared anywhere there was a local source for timber and a sawmill to supply cheap lumber. Plank house construction techniques varied widely with the builder and location, but all used planks, square saw lumber, two inch to four inch thick, and at least up to two inches wide to build a wall. There were two basic methods. Vertical plank construction stood the planks up vertically like soldiers or pickets in a fence. Horizontal black const uh, plank construction stacked the planks horizontally like cards. Both methods are structural and could support a house without a frame of heavy timbers or dimensional studs. Information on these techniques is scarce and examples are quite hard to find not surprising giving to that of the building shape or style is no tip off to its construction. In fact, most old house owners only discover their house is built with one of these offbeat methods when they begin major repairs or open a wall for insulating. For folks who've had such an experience, um, this episode will try to shed just a bit more light on the nature of these interesting but uh, forgotten and vanishing buildings. So let's talk about that vertical plank construction. So yeah, vertical plank building, building is found in two general types of houses. The most common and earliest versions were used to fashion walls in hewn timber frame houses without studs and sometimes without braces. To such a timber frame, the builder would attach wide, random width boards, one and a half inch to three inches thick, that ran vertically from plate to sill through one or two stories. From the 17th century to the early 19th century, locally milled planks were fastened to the sill and plate with wooden pegs. Later, inexpensive cut nails replaced pegs. In better examples of vertical plank walls, Sills and plates are rabbited, plowed, or sometimes mortised to receive the planks. This sophisticated joinery type attachment provided a stable wall that was flush with the timber frame. On later, less substantial examples, the planks were simply nailed to the outside of the sill and plate. After the house was framed, windows and doors were cut in the clapboards or shingles, and they were easily nailed to the exterior wall for cladding. Inside, lath for plastering was attached directly to the planks, but in many cases, 
wallpaper was applied directly to the bare board wall or over a layer of muslin. Partition walls inside the building were also made with planks, since the rough corner posts were visible and very prominent. They were often encased in finished lumber and decorated with a chamfered or beaded arms. The, the sharp edge <coughs> where the post faces met. So unembellished posts were painted and covered with wallpaper in many cases. Later versions of vertical plank construction entirely omitted corner posts, relying on the planks rather than the heavy corner timbers to support the weight of the structure. In this method, the plank lumber was often increased to three inches in thickness. Since heavy timber sills and plates were still part of this technique, old house enthusiasts disagree as to how the walls were erected. Some believe they had heavy timber plates lifted into place on the previously positioned wall. Others maintain that the entire wall was assembled in the ground and then lifted into place with ropes and poles. In support of the first method, one 19th century pattern book author directed his readers to erect the corner planks, brace them, and then hoist the plates up to, to be attached. Although this system of supporting walls and roofs with planks seemingly defies all common sense and good construction practices, the walls are thin with wine bracing, for example, and it's, it's negligible. Existing examples remained sturdy and in good repair. Standing buildings that date to the 17th and 18th centuries clearly document the use of vertical plank building throughout the Northeastern United States and in Canada. However, as the population expanded west and south in the 19th century, this simple form of construction traveled not only as part of the builder's skills, but also as in popular architectural pattern books and trade magazines. Among the many references to this method were those by Gervais Wheeler in the Homes for the People in the Suburb of the Country, 1885. As late as 1887, George Palliser recommended the Plank Method for a three-room settler's college in Palliser's New Cottage Homes. Often known as box frame or boxing framed houses, Industrial Revolution-era examples of vertical plank construction are noted all over the southern United States, California, and the Pacific Northwest. Here, the technique was popular for inexpensive tenant and farm housing. Numerous Texas, Texas examples from the last half of the 19th century and as late as the 1930s were constructed of dimensional timber that, unlike the early eastern examples, could have been shipped out there by rail. Indeed, there is evidence that whole box frame houses built for oil and mining boom towns were once moved to site on flat car tra trains. The walls of these one-story houses were often constructed with wide one-inch planks simply nailed to the faces of the sills and plates. Battens converted the joints in planks or they used tongue and groove planks with horizontal clapboards nailed to the exterior. As the, earlier, as the earlier northeastern houses without corner posts, southern and western examples were constructed without additional structural framing and erected in a similar manner. 
The technique was still viable well into the century and used as late as the 1940s for hundreds of World War II temporary buildings, particularly those of the soldiers returning home. So let's talk about horizontal plank construction. The second and less common type of plank construction is the horizontal or plank on plank method. A strictly 19th century technique, plank on plank construction depended on abundant source of lumber and inexpensive nails. The method was simple. One inch planks sawn about six inches wide were stacked and nailed one on top of the other to form a dense solid wall. Overlapping the boards at corners as in a box joint, tied the walls together and added stability partitions were meshed with the main walls in much the same way, lapping an alternate plank. To avoid the expense of lathing while creating a void for plaster keys, the boards were usually stacked to create an alternating or staggered pattern of one board inset and the next projecting forward in an offset. The same effect could be achieved by ordering half the lumber six inches wide and the remaining half slightly narrower. By laying up the wall and with the exterior sides flush, the interior side had the same alternating pa patterns as the staggered method. Although the expense of lath was saved, this method required considerably more material for the plaster rough coat. Since an experienced carpenter was not needed to provide a complex frame, the plank-on-plank -plank house was, excellent, was an excellent method for construction for the novice house builder. Furthermore, unlike heavy timbers of post and beam, each unit of plank-on-plank -plank structure could be easily lifted and installed in place by one man and a helper. Objections to plank-on-plank -plank method were the wasteful use of lumber and nails and the slow rate of erection, about one vertical foot per day. Since the many int intricate uh, boardings or um, patchworks at the, end of the, at the end of the corner between boards were quite vulnerable to wind and vermin, most builders recommended a rough coat of plaster or parging on the exterior wall prior to installing cladding. In addition, the system's structural problems with walls prone to bowing or bulging. While vertical plank construction is seen in a reasonable extension of timber frame practices, the plank-on-plank -plank method, although similar to log construction, is often viewed as a local oddity. So this method, however, was endorsed by well-known authors like Orson Fowler, who referred to this technique as board wall construction, the Octagon House of 1853. Fowler's Explicit instructions and commentary extolled the virtues in saving of plank-on-plank buildings, a technique he had used in his Fishkill, New York home. Other examples include industrial structures such as silos, mills, and storage buildings are notably located across the northeastern United States and Ontario Providence in Canada. Plank-on-plank -plank houses pop up as far west as Wisconsin and as far south as Texas. So living with plank houses. Plank construction of any breed is not indicative of a particular architectural style. 
So my first encounter with plank building was in a large Gothic revival home during an architectural survey. I was told by re retired carpenters that old, the old house doesn't have to have any studs in the walls. So the mystery turned out to be vertical plank construction. So later, while dis disassembling a timber frame house, I discovered a room that had been <clears throat> original plank homestead, but I was subsequently enthralled by the stately Greek revival structure that was there. So most homeowners are never aware their house is a plank construction. Unsuccessful efforts to retrofit insulation or add wiring or plumbing or one of the other trades are often the final indication the house is not built in a conventional way. So besides the absence of a, a wall cavity, some clues that your house might be built with vertical planks are extremely thin walls, about three inches thick, prominent posts in every corner with wide vertical planks, visual from the attic of the gable ends. Plank-on-plank -plank construction can be deceiving since walls tend to be closer in thickness to typical timber or stud framing. Nevertheless, gable ends, visual from the attic, will generally <coughs> reveal the telltale stacked planks. When asked how to insulate a plank house, my usual answer is don't. Most methods are extremely disruptive or damaging to original material fabric and detailing. If insulation is added to the exterior, cladding must be removed and openings furred out to accommodate the increased wall thickness. If the roof overhang is extremely shallow, this, shallow, this additional thickness interferes with the original building's proportions. Adding insulation to the interior walls is also problematic if rooms are small. Precious space is lost on each perimeter because surfaces must be furred out to accommodate the insulation. So loss of original materials or details may be inevitable when you start retrofitting these type of homes. Since most heat, heat loss is through the ceiling and leaky doors and windows, try simple measures first. For example, super insulate the attic floor. Install quality, <coughs> quality um, wooden uh, planks to the houses and take all measures um, to uh, seal all cracks with paintable caulk, apply weather stripping to doors and windows, take advantage of all possible passive solar measures. So plank houses appear in many parts of North America. And uh, so, and more common than previously realized when you start looking in these certain areas of the states where we found a few of them. So, um, so enjoy the plank houses and realize that there's more construction than, you know, typical ballooning or platforming or um, brick houses or um, and the like or timber frame houses. So, and we've talked in the past now, in the past uh, couple months about the alternative to these traditional building platforms. So um, hope everyone enjoyed it. This is Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist, signing out.